Hi, I'm Jacqueline Lowe. I'm from Grace That Reigns, and our mission is to renew your sense of wonder. Welcome to our second podcast of our series called Fall Into the Light. Today, Bishop Gilmore will speak about physical healing and explain what the church says about it. What does the church think about healing? We talked about that last week, Jacqueline. She accepts it as a living fact of her very life. Jesus healed. His apostles healed. His church did heal and does heal still. It is an integral part of her mission because she is an instrument in the hands of the healing Lord. What he came to do has a name in our Catholic theology, this Jesus of Nazareth, this Savior of ours. It has many treasured names, in fact. We call it redemption sometimes. We call it salvation at other times. We call it justification, liberation, eternal life, grace, forgiveness, mercy. We call it all these things, too. And if you read the New Testament closely, we also call it healing. Now, why does it have so many names? It has so many names because the reality of it is just too much for us. We cannot grasp it all. We cannot take it all in. So we settle for a little bit of what it means with one word, a little bit more with another word, and still more with yet another word. Each of these words does give us a different facet of what communion with God really means. So in our normal lives, in our prayer, we take these words one by one and we linger over them. We do so in the hope that we can get at a growing, always fuller picture of what it means to live with the Lord. So take the word healing, for example. What does she do, the church, when she heals us? Simply put, she takes people exactly where they are, where she finds them. And where she finds them is generally cringing in the corner because they are wounded by sin. All of us are by sin and its many effects. The Bible tells the church that every bad thing, physical, psychological, spiritual, every bad thing comes in some way from sin. Evil entered the world without original sin, and we add to that evil with our own personal sins throughout all our lives. We are baptized, of course, all of us. 
We are made new with his own risen life, but there are still unredeemed parts in us. We need a continuing and deepening healing because sin affects us in every imaginable way, physically, emotionally, spiritually. That's why we have always in our history spoken of these three kinds of healing. Now, this afternoon, we're going to talk about physical healing. I'm not a doctor, and I don't play one on TV, but I have a little bit of experience of physical healing. But... I have been in the hospital any number of times, I think five times in the course of my history, and I have never left the hospital without leaving some part of me behind. And also I have worked in a nursing home for about 20 years of my life as a priest, and I've had ample opportunity to be with people who are failing in health and nearing the end of their lives. So I know a little bit about this, this physical thing that we're going to talk about today. When you read the pages of the New Testament, even with half an eye, you will see that Jesus healed the physically sick. Take Peter's mother-in-law, for example. Felled in bed with that fever right at the beginning of his public ministry. He came into the house. They took him to her. He touched her hand. He lifted her up. He healed her. Her case was multiplied many times over by the apostles themselves and by others, their successors, later in the church. How did the church approach that sad fact of illness then, and how does she approach that sad fact now? Sickness has never been a respecter of persons. It comes to all of us, women, men, children, priests, nuns, monks. All of us want to stay young, healthy, strong, handsome, beautiful. All of us want to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Everybody wants this. And yet, illness, old age, the wearing out of our body parts, all these things lurk in the shadows of our everyday. This is why the church teaches us that we have received this gift of healing, this this gift of health, and we are meant to take reasonable care of that health, which has been given to us as a gift. That care means paying attention to our diet. That's basic to it. It means paying attention to our exercise. That's basic to it. And it means paying attention to our sleep. 
Now, when I say these things to a house filled with couch potatoes, they don't like to hear such such talk. Okay? But that is where health begins. It begins with you. It begins with me. We must do what we can do in order to pre preserve our health. Now, even when we do these things, it's clear, experience tells us, that sickness can still invade our lives. That is why the church also tells us the next thing we need to do. We need to visit our doctor. We do often need help, and we should not hesitate to consult a doctor skilled in the ways and means of the body. He or she will observe, listen, diagnose, and treat us. They will say something like this, take two aspirin and call me again in a few days if you don't get any better, or some variation of that. I think they learned to say that in medical school. Medicine is a cooperative art, you see. It does not really cause the healing. It frees the body to heal itself, to refine its own balance. That's the way it works. What if they tell you these things and you do these things and two days or two weeks or two months later, you're not getting any better? What if after all that treatment and all the testing, you seem to be getting worse? Our pain may become chronic. What then? Then the church thinks we have a choice to make. Understand it in terms of the old gospel story about the talents, five talents and ten talents and one talent, okay? We understand that Health is a talent we are given. It's an ability. It's a gift we are given in order to do something, to live our lives, okay? We have been given this gift to protect and to use. Okay, you understand that? That's what the gospel story tells us. Can we not also understand lack of health as a talent? Turn that over in your mind a moment. Can we not also understand that? It's a talent we've been given for some mysterious reason that we will find hard to fathom. I'll grant you that. We hardly ever know that mysterious reason. But what I'm saying is we can treat lack of health as much as a talent given by God that we're supposed to use for our own salvation as much as we understand health is a talent given by God for that purpose. Okay. We should not fear remaining ill. That's what the church tells us. Should not fear it if it would serve him better and us better, though we don't understand how in the world that could be the case. We can make that choice. 
We can learn to live with a sickness that becomes more or less permanent, chronic, as we say. When we are sick and that outcome is not promising, we can choose to unite our suffering to the suffering of Christ for the salvation of the world. That's basically what the church is laying before us. Why? Because how did salvation, redemption, come into the world? It came into the world through the afflictions of Jesus Christ, through his arrest, his suffering, his crucifixion on the cross. When he died on the cross, when he said, it is finished, salvation rushed into the world. Redemption rushed into the world through the sickness unto death of Jesus Christ. Right? That's how, that's how it happened. Okay. St. Francis de Sales put it this way. Obey your doctor. Take your medicine. Eat the proper food and other remedies he suggests to you. Do all this out of love for God. Desire to get well so that you may serve him. But... Do not, never refuse to remain ill so that in that way you may obey him and prepare for death if that should be his will. And I tend to think that St. Francis learned this from St. Teresa of Avila. Okay? She said this, If we do not learn once and for all, somewhere in our lives, if we don't learn this once and for all, we don't learn how to swallow death and the lack of health, we will never really do anything in our lives. And she spoke from experience because she was always ill during most of her life. But she learned how to swallow death and lack of health and do something with her life, which was an extraordinary gift to the church. Okay. Strive, she said, not to fear them, death or the lack of health. Strive to abandon yourselves totally to God, come what may. So what if we die? She could say that. I knew a priest once who never met a new doctor he did not want to try. He was that much of a hypochondriac. Okay? I knew a nun once who never learned to suffer a little for the love of God without having to have everyone else know about it. She just couldn't stop talking about all her multiple sicknesses. I knew a husband once who was so focused on his health that he became addicted to running, and whatever good it did or did not do for him, it did not improve at all the health of his family. He shut them out. I knew a wife once who drove her family crazy with her unaccountable and, they thought, convenient headaches. Physical illness can stop us in our tracks, yes. 
It can isolate us from others, yes. It can sap our strength. It can feed our fears, yes. It can add to our normal self-centeredness. The physical, physical, physically sick are a sorry spectacle at times, hurting themselves, of course, whining, complaining, feeling sorry for themselves, drain themselves and draining those who care for them. They can be a menace to everyone around them. I worked in nursing homes long enough to know that. And I see people coming near the end of their life when they're really suffering from multiple physical problems. They can become that way. Okay? And that's why the church has always thought something like this. We, you and I, we can be too concerned for our comfort and health. Okay? We can be overly concerned about it. And this can be a serious obstacle to making progress in the spiritual life. What's the spiritual life? It's learning how to love God with mind, heart, and soul, and how to love the neighbor as yourself. It can be a serious obstacle to that. Okay? So how do we avoid that? That's why the church always urges us to make use of her sacraments, okay? To make use of her prayer and to make use of those in her midst who are blessed with the charism of healing. She always urges us to come to her with these problems we have, okay? To accept them if we've tried to have the doctor take care of them for us, to accept them and to bring them to the church because Jesus in the church is forever healing just such as these sick ones and so should the church he left behind him do the same. Okay? We ask you, the church asks us to take our pains to the church in order to be touched by the healing power of the Lord Jesus. I do not heal in the sacrament of penance when people come to us at our retreats. It is the Lord Jesus who heals through me. Jacqueline, you do not heal when you pray for people who come to you in our retreats or when you pray for them and you meet them in so many other venues. It is the Lord working through you the Lord healing through you that, that makes this happen. So sometimes when they come to me or they come to you, sometimes they are healed by the Lord. And they should be eternally grateful for that as we are. Sometimes when they come to me or come to you, he does not heal. And they should be eternally grateful for that too, as we are eternally grateful for that. Why would we be so if he doesn't heal them? We would be so because he obviously 
has something else in mind for them. Okay? This is not the only kind of healing that Jesus did, this physical healing. On a scale of one to three, it ranks at the bottom. That's why we speak of it first. It's the lowest form of healing. There are two other forms. Okay? This is not the only form of healing that he did. And we often allow ourselves to be boxed in by thinking of healing only in its physical sense. But when we do that, we close ourselves off from the deeper and more important kinds of healing. There is emotional healing that we talked about. There is uh, spiritual healing that we talked about. These are deeper. If, if physical healing is the lowest part of that arc, emotional healing is the next highest. Spiritual healing is the highest of those forms of th that Jesus does for us. So, today we will leave this subject of healing at the physical level, and next time we'll take up the emotional healing that Jesus does for us. Thank you, Bishop, for giving us a thorough understanding of what the Church thinks of this topic of healing. You know, we can never be too careful when we approach this topic, and this provides us a sound foundation from which to grow our next podcasts on healing. This is Jacqueline Lowe at www.gracethatreigns.com. Dot com. Talk to you soon. If this recording or any of our podcasts at Renewing Your Wonder has helped you in any way in your spiritual life, please donate to us for our spiritual work at www.gracethatreigns.com.